0: Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazara. And you're listening to Bandwives. dickie do you know what this is
1: does it have nothing then it's just the nothing. color yeah <laughs> it's a collar.
0: it's changed my life i'm 39 years old and this is my first foray into the world of dickies it's very exciting it's adorable all the fashion none of the bulk yeah
1: that makes sense except for it's cold there i presume That's True. so it's like a, you feel like maybe you have an extra shirt on but then you're like mm.
0: it's deceitful but yeah. it leaves room for like a cute coat on top not true true what are you doing? How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm I'm still recovering from not sleeping Sunday night. <laughs> it's a while. This is gonna be such old hat by now, but you know, losing a full night of sleep because of a red eye or like a crazy travel situation can be difficult, but it's especially difficult when it's on the way home because then you just come home.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With so many things to talk about in terms of the festival The wind that stopped the world? What happened? I know.
1: When this comes out, people will... It'll be old news, but I feel like some people still want to believe in this conspiracy.
0: (laughs) I had not heard anything about the conspiracy, so I need to know. Tell me as if I've never heard, because I haven't.
1: Okay, so when we were young, festival in Las Vegas had all these, you know, huge lineup. And so when it came out, people were thinking maybe it's like a fire fest situation. How could it be real? How could they manage this but so so when we got to Vegas, it was beautiful. I went to Zion National Park and it was magical. And then the next day was the, supposed to be the first day of the festival, and it was canceled in the morning. And they said because of winds. But if you were in Vegas, the morning wasn't that windy. And I was like, is is it fake? Could it be? It couldn't be because you know it was like people who ran Warped Tour, and they, so it's not like it was some random person like Firefest was. And so. But by the end of the day, it was in, it was the craziest winds that by far I'd ever seen in my entire life. And we were at the uh, Legion Stadium, the Ra- Raider Stadium, and the wind was making music <laughs> around the curve of the stadium, like the, like notes, like Adam was, it was singing along, hitting the notes. And so
0: new headliner, its the wind, <laughs> surprise.
1: Yeah. And it would like kind of pick you up while you were walking. It was, it would have been crazy. It would have been so scary. Um, Stage-wise, and so, it was, but people on the internet had a lot of ideas about what was going on. Who weren't in Vegas, who didn't see the wind, and so there were all kinds of comments. But aren't there always, always. all kinds of comments? So the next day it went on without a hitch. It was amazing. It was so fun.
0: I mean, I don't know a lot about the world, but is Las Vegas known to have high winds? I didn't. I did not know that was a thing that happened.
1: I didn't either, but someone commented on my post and said the winds there are crazy. I might be wrong, but I think it's considered the high desert, so it's at an altitude. And so it's in the mountains, but it's not like in a valley necessarily, so that might be why. I I have no idea. It was wild.
0: That's crazy. I'm glad you still had a good time. How was Zion?
1: I mean, breathtaking. Mm. It looks fake. It looks like it's just these beautiful red mountains and pine trees and rivers. Saw a lizard.
0: (laughs) That was the highlight of the
1: It was the whole weekend. The (laughs) little lizard. So yeah, so that was that. How are you doing? How's New
0: York? Since our call last week, I've lived a thousand lives. (laughs) My friend came in town for the wedding that she was attending with her almost two year olds. So, like, chasing him around the house, (laughs) up the three flights of stairs, and just, I don't know, two, almost two. That age is so much fun and so magical, especially when it's not your child and you have to watch them every second. Mm -hmm. I'm just, like, reveling in his delicious baby vibe, and he's so precious and so smart. Um, So I loved that. And then we had the wedding that actually – so. Here's a quick little aside. You know, it's a fall wedding. So, my friend who was getting married, she wanted to get all of these mums and all of these plants to decorate the stage you know, the environment. So, we go to Lowe's and we get all these things. And I have more space here. We have like a little outside area. So, I, I said, you know, I'll hold the flowers and everything here and then I'll bring them and we'll just shut them down. So, I go to get some of the mums. And I bring them inside because it was going to rain. And uh, I'm going to start to transport stuff to the venue. And on the top of one of them, is this enormous spider like this <laughs> tremendous brown spider and i just said nope put it back outside that was it i was shook it out i had like you know whatever like just i'll leave this one here and i'll bring this one at the last minute wedding goes off beautifully so lovely this was on monday flash to this morning on our commute to school my child is in the back seat and begins hysterically screaming as we're driving down the road. A spider! Mom, there's a spider on me! Mom! And I'm like panicking because I know the spider. I know this. I immediately know. It's the spider. <laughs> the spider that I kept in the backyard because I knew he was going to try to escape at the first chance. Stop the car. There's car's, you know, going around me on both sides. Uh, and I'm shaking out everything in this car trying to. So it was a very calm spider. Thank God. He let me just put him on the ground once we located him. <laughs> he looked as angry to be stuck in there as we were that he was there. You know, that's how the that's how the morning started out.
1: Wow, that spiders part of your destiny.
0: Oh God, that spider! I took a picture of him. He's a grass spider. Okay, which apparently looks similar in some ways to like a brown recluse, which was of course where my mind went immediately. Yeah. You know, it's that time of year where you bring stuff in from the outside and it's filled with spiders. Same with Christmas trees. I don't know if you guys have run into this in your Christmas Christmas bliss.
1: We got like a 12-foot fake tree. Oh,
0: good for you.
1: No, it makes me kind of sad, but we, you know, moving around in different
0: places, it's just... Yeah, we always had real trees growing up, and we would go and drive upstate, oh. upstate Florida, and oh. uh, <laughs> to the tree farm and, and cut our own tree down every year. It's part of my identity as a childhood. Mm-hmm. So I have introduced Claudio to the real tree, but we also have two fake trees. Yeah. Um, And it's great. But once every like three or four years, there's one with a spider in it.
1: I always want to get one and I always say we will, but then we never do. So maybe this would be the year and I'll check it meticulously. I never even thought about that. I have just thought of um, the Chevy Chase movie where there's a squirrel in the...
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would take a squirrel any day of the week. Over nests of spiders oh. that hatch the second they hit the warm air because they think, oh, like it's safe. What? It isn't safe.
1: Oh no, no.
0: I know. Yeah. Bad news bears. Um, do you saw Julia? I saw that. Yeah,
1: I saw Julia Arnold, our guest from previous weeks.
0: Yeah, actually, the when this comes out, she'll have been our guest last week, I believe. Oh, our guest from the
1: previous yeah <laughs> interview. Yeah, that was so, we had so much fun. I'm so glad she was there because I got to the Airbnb by myself. Uh, The guys weren't coming for several hours and I'm spooked. It's just a little spooky. It's kind of on a, it's like on a corner, but there's no houses nearby. Um, It's on a busy street corner where there are no houses, like a double lot, like a triple lot or something. And so, you know, it's just already kind of scary. It's big deserty house, which I'm, you know, it doesn't feel necessarily comforting. I don't know to me that style. And so I pull in it's in the back and I get out of the car and there's a giant butcher knife on the concrete by the back door. Why? And I'm so, I'm like, what is going on? So then there's a huge yard, but next to it is a, I mean, it looked like a kill house. It was a, potentially going to be a giant greenhouse. I don't know, but it has like a frame with plastic, plastic like is... sheets. <laughs> so I didn't understand what was going on. I went inside. I was, I was just kind of freaked out and the house is huge and there's lights on upstairs, which I'm assuming we're just left to be kind, but I'm just a little bit like... uh,
0: Like somebody's still there. They just didn't check out after they yeah. murdered somebody and left the knife <laughs> out by the greenhouse.
1: So I... Julie and I were already going to hang out and go to this 90s thing where her husband, Stephen from Amberlynn, was singing. And so I just like immediately left and went her, met her. But then the next day I was telling everyone and TBS's manager, Jillian, wanted to find out. She's like, I need to know what this knife is doing here because I didn't touch it. I was like, it could be evidence I'm not touching that knife. And they said, she said, they have a really good reason. And I said, there's no reason good enough (laughs) to explain that knife sitting there and she said they had just gotten the new couches so they were using the knife to open the boxes and it must have left it outside that's what the host said
0: that's actually a terrible reason that is know. a terrible reason like there are way less terrifying things you can use to open a box and i know this because that's i true. order basically every day like
1: box cutters yeah, yeah. yeah. it, it was, was a huge knife stuff. and it was like a it looked it, it looked like a fake knife it was so big and pointy and like kind of tilted at the end that's how you know those like yeah felt very like spooky but then i l- joke i texted julia she asked about the house and i said once it was a house full of men it was less scary yeah. <laughs> so, whatever i should be brave and i can be brave with the knife empty knife house but it was so anyway i was glad i got to go out with all of them i saw the in berlin folks and some fun music i met charlotte sands for the first time because she had done a song with adam in the main she's so nice that
0: sounds like yeah. so much fun
1: Oh, it's, I love it. I would do that every weekend, except for the red eye. But honestly, I feel like get me out of town somewhere fun. See all those friends.
0: Um, I was going to write you yesterday because Poe News. Oh. Today in Poe News. Um, <laughs> did you see the trailer? What? Why? No. no. I didn't even know it was happening. But it's called like the pale blue eye or something like that. And it's it takes place at West Point. And Christian Bale plays a cadet who I guess is like another cadet happens to be Poe and they investigate this murder together. Whoa, that's. Yeah. Is that based on something? I don't want to say yes or no because <laughs> clearly my deep dive into the Poe Wikipedia didn't, I didn't retain much. I assume not, but I feel like that's something that people would know. Did he go to well, West Point? Like, is that a.
1: Possible, I believe it, but he. It's kind of funny because Christian Bale is. A, a little old to play a cadet who are they're usually like 18 right
0: i don't really know
1: the premise yeah, yeah. i'm gonna look at up.
0: i watched the trailer he's like narrating you know poetry over it oh seems fictional
1: oh, i'm fascinated oh it's gonna be on netflix
0: yeah we can watch it together
1: oh i know that actor who plays poe it's a good one M- melling harry melling yeah. he played dudley dudley dursley yeah yes interesting yeah.
0: So that's exciting we have Something Poe related. It's not in the news every day. Good. Okay. It's nice to meet you guys.
2: Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks to Gordon for setting this up I too. Oh, and Gordy said it. I was like, okay, I can't say no to him because he also um
0: he watched our dog for a month <laughs> oh. for free. That's the way. That's the way. I was gonna ask if you two had ever met. I don't think so.
2: No, I I don't. Think so. I feel like, okay, so which can you guys
0: in... like? Which one is which? Yes, we're also going to introduce you in a second. I'm Chandra. Okay. Great. Yes.
1: And I'm Misha, and I'm married to Adam Lazara of Taking Back Sunday. And Chandra's yes. married to Claudio
0: of Canberra. Yeah. Got, got it. it. I yeah, feel like our guys, paths have crossed, but I don't know. they crossed,
2: but the thing is that, like, those bands were like, you guys were like adults to us, you know, like we were babies, <laughs> yes. like real babies. And like, since I did meet Joe so young, like we were babies. So if our paths did cross, I was like, I just kind of like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. <laughs> or like, I have a final tomorrow. <laughs> I need to get
0: going. So yeah. So if our paths did cross, we were not in the same headspace at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to start, I'm going to kick off and I'm going to introduce you. Okay. And then, um, and then we can jump into it and we'll do all the things. So I'm going to introduce our amazing guest today, Marie Troman. She's a Los Angeles-based interior designer, where she lives with her husband, Joe, their two girls, Ruby 8 and Zeta 4, and their English bulldog, Gary. Marie and Joe met in Chicago at some point during the fall of 2003 while she was at college, and he was in a local scene band, Fall Out Boy. After she graduated with degrees in chemistry and art history in 2007, she pursued a career in the New York contemporary art world. In order to be closer to his work, they moved to LA, where Marie took the opportunity to switch careers to interior design. In January 2017, Marie teamed up with Ashley Drost to start their design firm, Proem. Since then, their work has been published in Architectural Digest, El Decor, Better Homes and Gardens, and more. Welcome, Marie. Thank you. So we were just talking about um, whether our paths have crossed and, you know, all the things. Um, I actually also met my husband in 2003. Oh, it, isn't it crazy? That is 19 years ago. It's, it's wild. I'm like, I shouldn't be old enough to like remember.
2: <laughs> I 2003 feels like five years ago. Like
0: it literally is like, oh, we're in
2: 2022. That's really far in the future
0: oh yeah it was like a couple weeks ago but it'll be 12 years ago
2: right right <laughs> at some point i was living in la so it's been in the last 10 years which means it could have been yesterday or like actually 10 years yes. ago so
0: wait so you were living in new are you from new york no
2: we're both from chicago i'm from chicago, oh, chicago. Um, No, no no i'm from the western suburbs of chicago
0: for the most part so you're just city hopping
2: just city hopping. But I actually, I always really, I think it's very funny. We met him and I met in, um, have I said my husband? Oh yeah, Joe. Um, I've met Joe in Chicago, even though neither one of us really wanted to be living in Chicago. Like I wanted to go to New York immediately, which is why immediately after graduating high school, which is why I went there immediately after graduating college. But nine eleven had happened when I was in my junior year of high school. So that meant my mom was like, absolutely not. You're not going to NYU. So basically, I went to college in Chicago and then just saved up the entire time and literally graduated and was like, peace out. I'm out. Bye. You know, I was totally done with Chicago. So yeah, New York was always the dream. And then, you know, now I'm in
0: L.A., you know what's wild? That is almost my exact trajectory. I had applied to NYU and I was like ready to go. Yeah. I took a semester off and then 9-11 happened. And yeah. it was the same thing. My mom was like, I will not contribute. I won't. Yeah, no.
2: no. we can't sign off on it. And I get it now, like having kids, I guess, um, and two girls. Or I can like empathize with it more, I think. Like I can I can see her point of view, but at the time it felt like really personal like I couldn't handle it or I wasn't good enough or you know it was something about me but I think you know you get older and then you're like oh no there's like a big world out there and if my daughter was like cool I'm gonna go to university in like Saint Petersburg Russia I'd be like well we need to talk about this (laughs) or like Kiev or something you know like someplace where there's conflict happening and there's a lot of question marks I'd be like hold up you haven't seen the amount of stuff I've seen before and like life is not as rosy as you might think it is
0: every time something happens here it could be somebody like a pedestrian gets hit by a car yeah. my mom's like I told you <sighs> you should just come home I'm like no no I appreciate that but
2: well my yeah. favorite part about moving to New York was actually okay so I saved up so my parents couldn't tell me no so like saved up graduated college got the degrees well they wanted the chemistry degree I wanted the art history degree which is
1: they're like, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So like I did, I played by all their rules. I got a full ride. So nobody was in debt. Like I did all, like I checked all the boxes. So, and then I saved up money. There was literally, you know, I'm like 22. And they're like, "What? Well, I like, can't really tell you no. you got a job and an apartment and you're paying for it. Like, you know. And so we moved, my parents moved me and Joe was on tour. And so my parents moved me. I feel like we grow we definitely drove, and it was like I got it off Craigslist so there's so many things also where like uh, it's also not safe to just like get in front of Craigslist that you're in like on your own at 23 in a new city in New York um but it was right down the street from my like new job so my parents drive me there fifth floor walk up total sketch building like really really sketchy and the first night we're there we like order Chinese food you know I'm like having my Seinfeld moment of like oh my god I'm like in New York I made it and the police knock on the door because there had been a murder in the building and my parents were standing there just like oh (laughs) my god
0: oh wow first night nightmare nightmare fuel yeah totally so like it's a test
2: but like I made it after that and I think my mom definitely, if I didn't call her, text her back, would call my work, my office, and demand to talk to me. So there was definitely, like, definitely scared to let me go there, but, like, at a certain point, you just do it.
0: I feel like that's the nice part about a big city is there's no preconceived notion that you're safe. You're like, this is hell. Yeah. Uh, anything can happen at any time. I'm aware of it. It sort of makes you more aware of your surroundings and It's just, like, very unsurprising when something bad happens and kind of acclimates you. Oh, totally. And, like, growing up in the
2: suburbs, it is, like, a good way, though, to knock out all of that, like, hubris you have as, like, the really sheltered suburban kid. And then even going, like, because I went from, like, the suburbs of Chicago to, like, the city of Chicago. And, like, it was just kind of a nice, safe bubble, you know? It was, like, a nice, safe city. My neighborhood was nice that I lived in. Like, my friends were all nice people and, like. Life just was kind of really good, which is great. But then, like, being in New York, you're like, oh, there's, like, a lot of different types of people out here. Not everything is so rosy. So you graduated high school in '03. I guess so, yeah. I have a really hard time with my timeline. Must yeah, have been 03.
1: I did, too. So we're up on our 20 years coming up. And then right after college, I moved to New York with Adam. It was like April. I'd barely, barely finished. We only stayed for six months. Then we were having a baby. So then we were like, okay, I guess we'll leave New York.
0: You were only there
2: for six months before you got pregnant?
1: Yeah. Well, they were doing a record. So we weren't going to stay there forever. Um, And... Yes. Those are really
0: perfect conditions for making a baby. In New York, making a record.
1: Oh Forget I don't it. know if it was the same for yeah. y'all when you first moved there and you're like, bars are open till four. Uh huh. Yay. Yep.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. But I also, you know, you're like twenty two and so I was like, bars are open till four. Cool. People were still smoking inside. So like you yeah. could also wear your same clothes the next day, you know? And so, um, I'd be like, I don't have to be at the gallery till 10. So, like technically, I'm still getting five solid hours of sleep. (laughs) Like, this is totally fine and totally cool. And I'm not gonna crash and burn at some point. (laughs)
0: Really realistic. Totally,
2: really realistic. It definitely, you know, translates to this part of my life where I also only get five hours of sleep, but that's because my mind is racing before I go to bed, and then I have to get up at five for a workout. Because that's the only fucking time I have in my day to work out is at 6 a.m., which sounds crazy. And I think of other people in my life. No, even last year, I had somebody I knew working out at 6 And I was like, you've got to get it together. You've got to manage your time better. You've got to do X, Y, or Z different. This is insane. This is a mental illness. And now I'm like, <laughs> I guess this is what I do now, four days a week. I don't know. So, yes, I prepared my partying days in New York. 22, getting five hours of sleep from like 4.30 to 9.30, have prepared me for my now like midnight to 5 a.m. sleep schedule.
0: Well, let's get into a little bit of why you have only yeah. the time at 6 a.m., right, to, to like jump into your workout. Yeah. What are you juggling this week?
2: Um. Okay, so Ashley and I have our own design firm, which I'm very proud of and feels like our baby um as I'm sure you guys can relate to it's like you know you think you're like oh it's gonna be so great let's just start our own design business and it's like all right cool so like the amount of time we actually design is like 10% of our day so we have our own design firm we have a few employees that we really love we finally moved out of this used to be my office down here when Ashley and I were growing the business we just worked out of my house um and then we had a few employees. Pandemic was happening. Couldn't move out. So it was, you know, like two dogs, two kids, nanny, tutor, and then my business. And then Joe conveniently, he's never going to listen to this. Joe conveniently kept his, uh, his office outside of the home during COVID. So... I was like a maniac down here building this business during COVID pivot, pivot, try to figure out what's happening and how to do it while kids and tutor and like remote school and two dogs and whatever, lost my mind. And so he kept his office. Where was I going with this? He kept his office. So he escaped all the madness. I built this business with Ashley. We finally moved out. So now we're in Hollywood in a proper office, which feels very adult of us. And, um, today we're finally doing a portrait session, which we've never done of like our team and us and like the office a little bit. So I have a lot of nerves about that, but that's also why I'm accidentally ready for this.
1: Yeah. Well, that's amazing.
2: <laughs> and then, you know, like juggling clients in the background because they actually don't care if you have your portraits getting taken, like I actually have real work to do. So that's <laughs> almost just like work on either side of the other stuff I have to do. So Yeah. Reason I am working out at six a.m. is work is insane. Kids require a lot of our time, and
0: it's like the only time I really get to myself. What is the bulk of your design work at the moment? Is it is it residential? Are you in commercial spaces? Do you have a preference? Um. So we've done at this firm. So I worked. At
2: another firm before um, when I switched careers and have been separated from them for a while now before starting this firm but I have done so we've done hospitality commercial and residential we very much so prefer residential I think residential has really low lows in as, as far as like you're really in it with clients. You're in their personal space. You're with their families. You're in their personal finances. You're in their, you know, their off hours from work and life are kind of like the time they have to devote to what I'm doing during my work hours. So it can get a little weird to to respect their needs as a client, but also my needs as like a human being that has a family and kids um, and does this as a living, not as, you know, like a hobby after hours. So, it has those potential pitfalls. There's a lot of pitfalls. We're also kind of like couples therapists and like personal life coaches and like neighbor negotiators and kind of like the GC, like soothsayer. And then we're like the bitchy person to the vendor trying to get this to happen. And then we're also like the handyman who's tweaking this thing to get this to fit and blah, blah, blah. So, like residential is very, very challenging. But I think it does allow for those really high highs. Like you get like really great design. And when you get a really great client, like we just had a project come out that we're like really proud of. And we turned it around really fast considering we're in COVID right now. And there was major construction in all of this. The design is so good. And it's so representative of the client. And she's so happy. And like, we're so happy. It's not a design we would ever really get to do again not that we ever duplicate looks but it was just such a unique great project that that's like such a high high but then there's like these low fucking lows that make it so hard so like residential just is its own beast and you kind of have to love it in order to stay in that lane and then we do commercial we do some boutique commercial which i think it can also be really fun but once you're in like a business model of somebody else they have a business loan, they have a really strict budget. They have a really strict timeline. They have an opening date. they have a team they have you know there's like these certain things you're like really constrained by, but this is also their daytime job. so you're not getting the like the nighttime calls and like necessarily the freakouts because this is like in a much more business setting than the residential projects, less attachment emotionally, yeah, yeah, so basically, I love the chaos. Of residential is what I'm saying. I'm a glutton for pain.
1: Okay. Yeah. Is that what listeners would be surprised to hear about your life?
2: (laughs) Or is that that I'm a glutton for pain? No. I'm I'm like all in or all out. I am like, you are either gonna get the best birthday party you've ever even like you didn't even know you could get that. (laughs) Or you are not even gonna get a happy birthday tax. Like there is literally no in between for me. So it is like like, for instance, <laughs> not work-related, in the pandemic, I talked about losing my mind down here. I have mild PTSD being down here. There's like a, a certain feeling of down here that I don't really like. Um, it was a really rough period of my life. So I, you know, I'm losing my mind. We're in the pandemic. I decide I needed to like stop drinking completely because also I decided I need to like, punish myself more (laughs) in the middle of what we're going through. So I'm like, this is going to be the answer to everything. And actually it is. I fucking love my thinking. But I'm like, you know what I hate so much? Christmas. I'm going to rage this Christmas so fucking hard that like, People are going to regret asking me to do Christmas ever again. <laughs> I did. I made like a Christmas tree float in the pool. It was like flocked and it had these huge ornaments. And I was out there on like this floating platform that I had this general contractor <laughs> build and like made it this huge fucking project. And I was like, that's fucking Christmas. And I will never do it again. Like I am literally like the biggest glutton for pain. Like I will put myself through the paces and then just like walk away.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Are you a Gemini? am I a Gemini? No, I'm a
2: Scorpio. I'm the worst. <laughs> oh, one. I saw
0: that too. Yeah, it's yeah. your season.
2: Oh, I know.
0: Scorpios have a bad rap. I wish I wasn't one. My very best oldest friend in the whole wide world is November first. She's a Scorpio and like I I really love Scorpios. Oh. You're like the only person who's ever sucked. It's like my mother-in-law's a <laughs> Scorpio. Love her. Oh. Uh-oh. Surrounded by Scorps.
2: Nice. Where do you guys? Capricorn. Capricorn. I'm a Taurus. Oh, I have so many Tauruses in my life.
0: We're like reversed
2: on the chart. Yeah, I have, um, both my parents are Tauruses, and then, which is problematic, and then (laughs) they're still married, and then um, my oldest daughter's a Taurus, Okay. so there's like a lot of Taurus energy around me
0: stubborn uh stubborn but good
2: yeah stubborn but not like our bulldog stubborn like he just <laughs> is stubborn for no reason like i feel like there's like an intelligence behind the stubbornness with the
0: taurus there's like a thought process it's just that we're always right that's the thing so it's hard the Capricorns not be... are
1: always
2: right also <laughs> oh, my God, I can't really giving me like it's too early <laughs> for this is, is this a thing? Okay. Maybe this is like your job then is to be a therapist too. So like really I'm getting like my little therapy session out of this.
0: Yeah. yeah so this is honestly what this has become for us for sure. It's just like sitting around, like when you are talking about like having PTSD in the office. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, I feel that so deeply <laughs> in my soul. So does me. <laughs> Literally
2: being in this, there's, okay. I don't need to talk about the office.
0: A design person, it's hard to not be affected by your space. Like, yeah. things have to be, like, meticulous and beautiful. Yeah. it's kind of also goes to, like, my all or nothing. Like, so
2: earlier when I had a white wall behind me, I was like, perfect. We got nothing. No one can, like, say boo about this. And now I'm like, we got a lot going on back here. And it's fine.
0: I'm letting go. You know, you can change your background to, like, a fall forest. Like or... yeah. <laughs> I can't even. I almost showed up in the grass today. Can you give us some background, maybe three things you're proud of past, present, future? Past things I'm proud of. I
2: don't fucking know. You, you know what I think actually I am proud of? So, you know, I was writing out that little bio because I've, it's so easy to get caught up in your like life as is, you forget where you've been. So, like, in the context of talking to other women who are married to people in bands, I find it amazing and i'm really proud of myself for having never there were people who got caught up as you've seen them before they get caught up in that like moment of their lives where like they don't necessarily like think ahead or see other people around them and might perhaps forget like who they are and all of it i mean you could even not even just about like being married to somebody in a band but you could say that about like being a mother you forget like kind of who you are you can like lose yourself a little bit i'm very proud of the fact that like joe and i respect each other enough to respect our careers and those as separate entities but also like being able to be together and like kind of make it work so like i when like he's first started getting big i remember being like this is really weird like don't get fucking used to this and i remember i was walking up the steps to like my apartment and like Lakeview with my, like, roommate at the time, and I was in college, and he was on some late night talk show or something, and I was just like, this is really weird, don't get used to this. Like, I didn't want it to, like, seep into my psyche at all, that this was, like, something that had anything to do with me, or even him as a person, you know, was just kind of, like, detach yourself and keep going. And so I'm really proud that, like, both of us have been able to do that. We are fully formed people with fully formed lives that aren't defined by, like, his career, which I guess could have been, like, really easy trap to fall into. Um, so that's one thing I'm proud of. And even just not losing myself was, like, finding what I really love doing. Yeah. Um, okay, so past. Part of that. Present. This seems like such a small, stupid thing, but getting these portraits taken today, I am the most self-conscious person in the world. I And I swear to God, my face turns into a raw slab of, like, chicken breast when you go to take a photo of me it literally is just like like I don't know what happens I don't know what happens and so the fact that I've even booked this and have not canceled it and I have not like taken a drink to get through this and I am like here and I am like not falling apart to go do something I really don't want to fucking do after this like I'm doing it so in my present I am very proud of myself for not being a puddle on the ground about like this thing I have to go do. Um future things I'm proud of. I don't know. My girls I know they're gonna be amazing. They already are. They will be. They will continue to be. Aww, that's so sweet. I'm just the sweetest guy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: I really I appreciate that. I appreciate that past um it's so true. Chandra and I talk about this all the time. One of the alternate titles for the podcast was just going to be band wives with lives <laughs> because they all do. We all do, of course. And, and all wives and mothers have their own lives, but it can be so hard not to make that role feel like your life.
2: Totally. Yeah. yeah Cause both of your husbands are like well-known. And like I said earlier before, you guys were the adults when Joe first started like playing shows around your husband's bands. And so like you've been defined by it for so long that like, it's so easy to just like be that person then and just be there like plus one, whatever that looks like. Um,
0: yeah. And part of the reason like we want to have partners on and we don't, it's not really, it's not really about them. Right. We want to know what you're up to, like what you're doing, who you are, because, it's always about the other person. And even with, sometimes with friends and family, it becomes this, yeah, they do this thing. You know, that's where we are right now. Who knows if, how long it'll last. Don't get used to this. It's yeah. like, nobody
2: should get fucking used to something weird happening. You know what I mean? Like, no one should get used to that. Yeah. And like, God forbid be fucking defined as the person forever that like, I met when I was first with him. Like, that's such just a weird thing to consider of like, because it was very, it's always, for the longest time, I think now we're like old and like less interesting to our families, you know, so like it's not novel anymore. And they're like, oh, she's got like stomach issues. She's like, at the top. you know, it's like much more just whatever. But then it was just much more like, like what if I just always was going to define myself as that like 23 year old, I don't know, like girlfriend of a guy in band. Like that's not a cool thing when you're like, 38 with two kids like i have a life and i'm happy about that
0: right and you're gonna go take those photos and you're gonna kill it dude if you if you can like shift the narrative a little bit and be like this is a sign that my business is growing and i've done all this hard work i lived through this thing and i deserve to have gorgeous photos of the team that we put together yes great
2: but it's also like you gotta kind of like at a certain point people want to know what you look like Yes.
1: You know, and you're like I was like, excited to see what yeah. she looks like. Like I, I, I have no idea what
2: she looks like. She was really popular <laughs> on Instagram in years. Um, yeah, I really don't want to go this. It's also just like for the business. Yeah, it's professional. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so you did give that. You what you're proud of is some great advice for women in general. So I guess when Joe is gone, what's the hardest thing for you to manage and and kind of what advice might you have for other band partners, especially when they're also trying to establish themselves and their own. It's not just holding on the fort so they can come back and go go and come. You know, it's kind of like also building their identity.
2: I don't know if I do it right. I don't know if I do it right. I know that I actually don't find him being gone. I don't know if you guys feel this way. I don't find him being gone is the hardest part. I find the in and out switching to be the hardest. Mm -hmm. I'm like a very quiet private person. Like I'm very like, I need my trash TV and I need my bed. Those are like my like my safe space is my bed. So like when all of a sudden then he's in and out and I'm like, wait, am I supposed to wait to watch a show with you? Or can I just rip on my own you know like and so then there's this like confusion and even if it's like a one night gig but then I'm like but like the patient just came out last night so like does this count as you being on tour like can I go ahead (laughs) or is that kind of not okay because it's really just like if we were normal and your job was normal that's just a business trip so like you're coming right back uh so I don't like the in and out and I think it's also harder with the girls the in and out I find to be really hard because I think um you know you get into a rhythm with kids and so it's like I get myself into rhythm I know what's expected of me the kids know what's expected of them and who's doing what and when and what time you know like kids love a schedule I love a schedule when there's the in and out all of a sudden everything's like well now he needs like a day or two to land but he's here so do we go back into that mode right away that's not fair but like I'm kind of also here and so, like, it's got to be fair for me. I'm like, that part, I think, is the hardest part. What do you guys think? You guys are, like, not enjoying it. Yes.
1: <laughs> I know. It's so true. It, and it's so true. And then sometimes the landing day for us will look like, you know, um, Adam may be asleep on the couch, which is, uh, you know, fine. And that's what they need to rest, especially if they've been traveling far. But I don't want my kids to spend the day necessarily watching him sleep on the couch. And so we have to continue on with our lives. And then if I invite him, he can feel guilty, Adam is like a really sensitive soul, he can feel guilty about like not wanting to go or not being able to go, you know, so it's that time is definitely, but I also do not like him to be gone, because I'm not a scheduled person. And so it's really hard for me to juggle it. We have three kids. So
0: is like a whole different. Yeah. I'm the kind of person that's very like meticulous about the stuff that I want done and like the way the house looks and whatever. And I, and when he's here, I love him here, but I regress yeah. a little bit. I like I want to hang out with you and do like leisurely shit. I don't want to, yeah. yeah. you know, do my routine the same way. So I'm much more productive when he's gone and I just like churn it out. Me too.
1: Oh, not me. I haven't written a word in like a month because I, I'm like, where is, I don't know what to
2: do. I think he, I wonder actually, I kind of wish there was a camera so he could see how on I am when he's gone. Cause then he's here and I like relax, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, the dishes don't need to get done now. Let's go watch TV, you know? But then like when he's gone, those dishes are done and they are done perfect and put away and the counters. you know, blah, blah, blah. and then he's yeah. home and I'm kind of like,
0: you know, what I think it is, though, and we've talked about this before, is my knowledge of being like, this is all on me. I'm the only one who's going to do these dishes. I'm the only one who's going to, like, choose what's for dinner, do this. I'm on it because I'm like, it's this is how I'm managing my time. Right. The second there's another adult around, I'm like, well, who's going to do these dishes? <laughs> Why does it have to be me this time? <laughs> I guess it could be him. <laughs> totally. It just becomes, like, more in, like, confusion and indecision, and I don't do well in that space.
2: Totally. It has made me, I do feel bad. I feel bad having that be my answer, but it really is just like, it's easier to just either have him here or have him gone. It's like that in between, that's really uncomfortable. Yeah. And then the other thing is, I don't know, time drives me crazy. But like when Joe has a travel day, all of a sudden somehow I'm also having a travel day. So like I'm getting all of the constant text updates or like the frustrations with the airline or the this and the that. And I'm like, how am I roped into your travel day right now? Because I'm also doing this. So I'm also doing like the rest of my life, but also now your travel day is my problem. Like just get on the plane and get home. Like I don't need all the information.
0: You guys are so funny. You're laughing so hard and trying not to. Oh, my
2: God.
0: I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to get it done, do the things, be done with it, you know. But, you know, I guess it's good that they want to commiserate and have, like, you know, a nice soft space to land.
1: It's interesting, though, because on the flip side, (laughs) when I'm super stressed with the kids, I have to vent to their fathers. So I like. That is true. Yeah. That's true. So, I don't know what to say about that, but I know that Adam sometimes will be not sure how to respond to my mm-hmm. venting because he's so far away, right. but I also feel like I need to tell you that this is really hard sometimes.
2: Mhm. I feel like you're being very generous and fair. <laughs> Thank However, you.
0: <laughs> which is not something that we identify with Michelle.
2: I really appreciate
0: <laughs> your <all> time. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when he texts me about travel stuff. I'm like, what can I do? I don't know. That's how I feel
0: where I'm like, okay, sorry. That sucks. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But that's where the head cam comes in. You want a camera to see, like, just so that somebody else can know how much you're doing every day and you're not asking for, like, applause or venting about most of it.
2: I would like applause.
0: I would love applause. (laughs) Or actually, you know what? My
2: love, I, instead of applause, I would love silence. I think that's like my treat. Like if, yeah. if all of a sudden got like dead ass silent, I'd be like, oh, I did it right. Yeah, I fucking love silence.
1: Same man. That's what I was thinking when you were ta- talking about troubling travel day. I, my thought would be at least I'm alone.
2: That's what I wanted to say to you then, and I was like, it's <laughs> very fair. <laughs> However, when he's like complaining about a hotel room, and I get it, travel's hard. I'm not trying to minimize, I think we can appreciate that like I'm not minimizing his job or, or like how frustrating it is he wants to be home, etc. cetera. I would die for a hotel room. Yeah.
1: Just to fly alone, be in a hotel room alone, be alone most of the day. What would and I be
2: reading? What? That's what I, when he's complaining, I'm like, well, what book are you reading on the plane? Like, that's what I want to ask because I'm like. I remember the first flight I took after Joe and I took a flight after Ruby was born. Oh, it was my last job. So we we took this international flight. It was the first time we flew without Ruby. And so she was probably like one or two. And I like sat on the plane and I was like, I think I'm going to read. Like I had a whole like, you know, I hadn't been like a mom, but not with a kid before. So it it was like this really odd, like stomach drop feeling of like, now what um but i would i i know my stomach doesn't drop like that anymore when i have alone time now i'm like rad i'm gonna sleep i'm gonna watch shitty tv i'll be in my bed i'm on my bed then i'm on the plane then i'm like listening to podcasts i'm like living my best life yeah so yeah i wish you would enjoy that part. Kind of-
1: I think they have a lot of guilt. I don't know about Joe, but I think Adam has like some measure of guilt associated with being gone. And so then if it's not going well, he gets extra frustrated. But I agree with you. If they, you know, if there was a moment where you'd be like, well, I'm on a plane without a kid, I'm going to make the most of it.
2: I wonder though. Okay. So all of our husbands have been in bands for a very long time. Um, I feel like when things aren't going right, on a tour or like just a one-off show or whatever it is. And he's really frustrated. I know that the frustration is obviously amplified by like feeling guilty about being away from the kids and the house. Um, And he has also expressed, he feels like there's a lot put on me, which there is, but also like, it's not like we just woke up and like, I was, you know, a baby was shoved on to me and like in this <laughs> random life and i'm like this is unfair this is not what i signed up for so i like very much so signed up for this i i think his level of frustration and like tolerance for that stuff is probably just so much lower because they have been on tour so much and it is so exhausting and they do have other things at home pulling them emotionally yeah
0: and it's very different than it started, right? It's like back in the day when people were traveling and like you were saying like the girlfriends are coming out and you know, we're like living our best lives and now it's it's a totally different <laughs> right. environment. Really a young man's game and
2: I remember somebody saying that when we were like in our 20s and I was like I really feel out of my bones. And now I'm 38 and I'm like oh that it like cuts to hear that cuz it like is. You have to be like it's really hard. Every record gets harder and harder, I think, for them all to, like, be, like, go back into that creative mindset of something they started when they were, like, 16. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's just, yeah, having the energy to tour the same creative juice for the same project for that long. Like, I've had my business for five years and i'm like it's exhausting but like imagine like i don't even know what this business would look like it in 20 years and to have it with the same people be like oh yeah no it's going to be the same four people <laughs> running the same fucking business and like why they are not going to change personally professionally like creatively yeah, uh-huh. physically emotionally like none of that's going to change so let's just proceed as if where it's like no no, yeah. no this is like it's it's really odd And I think, I mean, it can be lonely. I mean, Joe's band, they're all obviously all known each other for a very long time. But I think like after a long time, you know, like we all have our separate lives. And so it's not like exactly the most, you know, they're like passing ships kind of, you know, like they're on tour and they're just like, hey, you know, they're not sitting there like, so how was last night? (laughs) Like it's not like me with my friends, like tell me all about your engagement, like what's happening? They're like, hey, you know to go on with third day and like
1: yeah it can be lonely we've had uh yeah we have had someone come on and talk about like the tour life and how lonely it can be and draining especially like yeah. crew and yeah
0: and you raise a really good point that i don't think we've ever talked about on the show but the idea that i mean of course bands like in theory are allowed to grow and change it up but they're kind of not they have to be who they are their audience expects them to be yeah. 17 forever um, or whoever they were when they like came on the scene, and our lives aren't restricted by that. We can grow. We can start fresh. We can write a book. Like you know, we can change companies. We can do these things that are really right creatively inspiring and make us feel new. And you know, maybe to see like the passion that we have at home for certain projects that we're working on, I'm sure it can be inspiring. But there must be a little bit of that that's like, wow, I uh, I wish that the world was a little bit more open for me to take risks. Yeah.
2: And because there's pros and cons, obviously, to having had success. So I've always been really inspired by like Joe's work ethic and his like tenacity and his like he will. I mean, he's also kind of a glutton for pain. Like he will just sit there and take it again and again. Like he might not take it as quietly as I will, but like he will take it and he will show up and keep showing up no matter how like painful shit gets um and obviously over the course of like 20 plus years there's been a lot of pain in there you know for various reasons and various circumstances so I've always been really inspired by him but I think we're at this point where like I've gotten my sea legs in my career and I think it's just like the like what is it like the shine is worn off or like what is the thing it's like It's so just like in his bones that he doesn't see it anymore. Like he doesn't see the success he's had. He doesn't see everything he's done. Why am I about to cry? (laughs) Jesus Christ, you (laughs) cry. Oh my god, I have portraits after this. Um But yeah,
0: I think that can be, you know, after twenty years you're like, Yeah, I did this thing and whatever. You just kinda
2: take it for granted. But
0: I have full goosebumps. We have this conversation all the time. If like Claudio's down on himself about something or things aren't going the way he wanted or that, you know, like, whatever. It's um, it's just, like, if you could see what I see or what the world sees and, like, this totally. beautiful thing, like, the lives that you've impacted, like, with art, I mean, what a profound thing. It's amazing. It's totally amazing. And this morning I was rousing him a little bit
2: because he's, like, bummed about something, which I totally understand and whatever. And so I was like, yeah, but, like, not everything is going to be, like, a multi-platinum hit. Like It just isn't like, but like, if you you've had them, so like, and I, it wasn't even fall related. To be clear, this was very much so like outside work and you know like building up other new interests or whatever. And like, I'm just like, not everybody gets their fucking like platinum records for everything they do. I was like, I don't have one. Like, <laughs> nobody is giving me a platinum yeah. anything. Like, that's yeah. just not in my life. But you have that. So like you have had that success in other
0: areas and like not everything's yeah. going to be that. It's all going to be variations, you know? Yep. And considering what your goals are, right? I think like really sitting down and saying like, what are things that m- will make me feel justified in my art? Is it being seen? What are like the accolades that I'm looking for? You know, and cr- like visualizing that and really recognizing what it is because I feel like specifically in music, it's always outward facing. Right. right. And it doesn't need to be that way. Like it doesn't need
2: to be. And I think that's a really great way of putting it because it's like what what is going to be the goal of this what makes you feel like x y or z was a success for you like because it can't all be measured by the same thing like I'm not going to get a platinum record for designing a client's house so having that goal in mind is just like not helping anybody so yeah like for his other projects he's talking about I should I'm gonna bring that home. I'm gonna bring that upstairs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's useful for a lot of people potentially listening too, because it's kind of like, why? What are you doing it for? What are you searching for? What do you think will meet meet your needs? Because if we don't. Sometimes if we don't state it, we keep striving, or we're never satisfied, yeah. or yeah, we
2: lose the thread. And I have this in with our business too, where we're like, there are designers who are bigger, or, or who will do obviously they're designers (laughs) obviously um but there are there are designers who I really love who like aren't necessarily like the Mm -hmm. ones you see who do like a collaboration with anthropology or they're not like have 50 million followers on Instagram or whatever it is and it's like we've had to be very intentional of like but that's not the goal so like then why we're not social media because that's not us or we're not taking on this online platform because I don't want to do e-design. So like, I'm not making that guy money for like off of my services and like my vision. Like, no, we don't do e-design, you know? So we've had to be very like strategic of like, no, what we're doing is trying to pump out design. That's good. I don't mean that like a factory, but I mean like, so like, what does that mean and how do we narrow that down and how do we not let the riffraff like eke in and not get sidetracked by like a dollar sign over here. But that actually like doesn't really make you money in the end because it's not where you want to be.
1: Okay, so now we have the easy oh, question yeah. after all of that Great. And I cried, you guys I'm I talking. <laughs> after all that group therapy, we have a really easy question. This is cathartic.
0: Okay. Go at me with easy. Okay. Do you want me to how do you feel? Yeah, I want you
1: to I want okay. you to ask it.
0: I'm gonna ask it in a really profound way.
2: <laughs> you can kinda of make me cry again. Really
0: easy. I cry very easy.
1: Oh, <laughs> no. that's good.
0: Okay. okay. What do you know? to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe? I don't even know what that fucking question means. What does that mean? What do I know to be true? What does this that is mean? The thing. We can't give you any hints. You have to internalize what the question means to you, and that's how we know, what, that's how we get the, the answer we need. It can mean something different to everybody. What do I know to
2: be true?
0: About yourself. Let's start there.
2: That I'm a good person. I can start with that.
0: That's a great one. That's we great. love that. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you know to be true about the world? The world. Okay. That
2: most people
0: are good people and have good intentions. Love that. Love that. We've had uh, answers that were the complete opposites of that one. I, I know. Perry. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> optimistic <laughs> this morning. Keep going. What else? Okay. And what do you know to be true about the universe? Uh, the universe is
2: definitely in control. I have no say. There's a larger thing at play, and there are just times where I'm along for the ride. I don't even try to fight it anymore. That's true about the universe for me. With you. With you. One, two, three. You gotta go for it. Like, what am I gonna do? I can't fight shit that's happening. The person on the plane that is... Oh my god! Yeah, the smelly person on the plane eating the tuna sandwich—like I can't do anything about. This. Like, the universe is showing me something. It's probably mostly a lesson, like don't eat tuna sandwiches. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. You need your reminders every now and then. You know, like something happens, you're like, I needed that reminder.
0: That's what that yeah, reminding me.
1: <sighs> good. Yeah,
0: you nailed it. That was it's it. I had to do.
1: You really had good answers so for all those questions. Were. Yeah, that was it.
2: I'm good. good. Everyone's good. Universe is in control. I'm so you know, LA guys. On a plane. I'm so <laughs> fucking LA. This is so, so stupid. stupid.
0: You know, the, the New York and Chicago and you are very disappointed with your optimism. They really are. They really are. <laughs> Although I will say that like finding people all to be good or
2: have like, that was something I learned in New York because I do think most people are good. And being in New York, you you are with like really good people and the community oh. is so amazing. I really miss that, um, being in L.A., but that's a New York part of me.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, this question's a little easier, um, and you already talked about the shitty TV you love, so we just want to know specifically what you binge watch or read or listen to, what you're doing right now.
0: Um,
2: My binge watching is all TLC-based, so 90 Day Fiancé. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, all but... of the iterations. Yeah, Sister exactly. Wives. Cody sucks. Then there's like, <laughs> I I could go on and on. I wish they would bring back Thousand Pound Sisters. I don't know that much. Oof, it's good. Um, a lot of TLC. TLC, pretty much anything TLC. I'll deep dive in, except for Seeking Sister Wives. I don't know why I thought that. Oh, is
1: that a Mormon show?
2: No, uh, oh. Sister Wives is a Mormon show. Yeah, but seeking sister wife is more like polyamorous people seeking oh. another wife to add to the mix. But so it's interesting because it doesn't ad- ever come at it from a religious angle. I just don't identify with people. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, anything where people have to get married at first sight, it or like in that's my I will watch it every time.
2: Oh my god, that franchise that started in the pandemic, the one with uh. Love Love is blind. blind. Love is blind. (laughs) There are so many pandemic shows. So it used to be that I, my TV, my taste in television shifted drastically the moment lockdown happened. I couldn't watch any more Housewives. All of Bravo is off the table. I think there was like a, a moment of like, I don't care about any of this. You know what I mean? It was like. You guys are arguing about bullshit, and I am sitting here like, "Are we dying? What's happening?" You know, so like, I and I haven't been able to go back, although I would like to go back to Southern Charm. I've heard it still holds up, but I'm off housewives.
0: I feel like the frivolity of it is necessary at times, but there, yeah, I just did Seinfeld and The Office on a loop during the pandemic.
2: I watched like Floor's Lava when that came. Out. <laughs> Joe and I were like.
0: We gotta watch the next episode.
2: Oh yeah,
1: my kids love that show for sure. Oh, and now there's
2: Beastmaster. <laughs> my kids like Beastmaster now. Have you watched it?
1: I haven't watched that one yet.
2: It's it's like you know, it's like Gladiator,
0: but
1: uh-huh, okay. Was... I'm sure. We'll the movie. kids put it on. Yeah, but yeah. you,
0: youth. <laughs> okay, I have another doozy for you. Okay. What would your theme song be? Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've had to ask all the hard ones. You
1: did. People struggle with this one.
0: Because like,
2: uh, like I know what my husband's is, but I don't know what his is. What's his? His is uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's like this cranky (laughs) old Jewish guy. (laughs) But you know, he's like pushing 40, but kind Mm -hmm. of like 60 inside of his own body, you know? And so like, I know his, that is a really easy, I don't.
0: It doesn't have to be like a theme song from a show. It could be like a like could be anything. Um,
1: Orchestra, Nine
0: Inch Nails, whatever. <laughs> it would definitely be. Oh
2: shit! I really don't know. It's probably some terrible early two thousands R and B, like a Sierra song. <laughs> if I were a guy, <laughs> if I were a boy, I have a really Joe didn't know this about me until the pandemic but I have a really deep knowledge of. 2000s RB. like i'm really it was like really my secret i don't know it was my thing secret talent yeah, yeah i had no idea until all of a sudden we had so much time together and he was like i really think somebody mentioned that they felt like they knew everything about their partner and i had to tell them i didn't know you knew so much about <laughs> r until recently where i was like spend
0: the whole time babe i don't know
1: You've got secrets locked away, layers. Of, Scorpio,
0: I got all. Yeah. You can I know everything about everyone. You got to save some stuff for the long term, you know. Keep it spicy, guys. Yeah, yeah. or PD
2: Pablo yeah. or like, where <laughs> else do we want to go on a Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, like Aaliyah era. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like plane crash really affected me. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. very much so paying attention. Like, so this is why. Not meaning to bring back Joe into this, but when Joe and I met, I think we worked really well because I was not in the band scene at all. I was more consor- like, you no, know, I'm like, oh, Aaliyah died in 2002, and he's like, Aaliyah. I don't know. You know so really well.
1: Yeah, yeah, Aww. I agree. Yeah, I'm not sure. The same. The first time I saw Taking My Sunday was like on a date, so it was kind of the same thing, yeah. you know. It was a kind of get pulled into it a little.
2: Yeah, but that's actually like. You know, I like being a little bit like outside. Yeah. You
1: know? Oh, on a date with Adam. Yeah, I was on the outside too. Yeah.
2: Not on it the was date nice with to else. just yeah. like watch everybody else and be like, this is an interesting little thing happening. Yeah. Like, what is happening here? Yeah. Why are their jeans so tight? Why are their shirts so small? What's happening with the hair? I don't understand. I don't know, it's not on my pants. What's happening? I'm just like
0: doing my own thing.
2: You're like, I don't know, but I like it.
0: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> nice, guys. I feel like I need yeah. to see your MySpace profile. I didn't have a
1: MySpace. That's the other thing. Oh, my. Wow. wow. You really were on
2: plugs. I literally, it's like, I can't. I just can't with it. I had a MySpace for maybe, let's say, like a month. And then my roommate who introduced us, introduced Joe and myself, who doesn't matter. She was sitting in her room. And I'm sitting at our dining room table in our apartment. And she started a fight with me on MySpace because I commented on one of our mutual friends, girlfriend's photo or something. And I literally went, delete, I am not doing this. I like saw it coming from a million. I was like, I'm never dealing with this again. This is the stupidest. I was 19. I was like, I'm not doing this. And so I've had that approach to a lot of things in life
0: since then where it's like, I'm not doing this. Instagram haven't posted in years. I'm not doing this. Scarred you. Can't.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Social forever. It's Yeah. I'm sure you have a lot of time now. Unlike the rest of us who are stuck in this terrible yeah. hole, it
2: literally of, like, will s- it'll suck you in and like make yeah. second guess everything around you.
1: Yes, that real yeah. yeah,
2: that real am I real like, is that what? like should, I? Right. What? Like, should yeah. I? It's too much took all the guess
1: you're right. yeah, yeah. You totally that's put it down.
2: True. takes all the guesswork work out. Life is just great when you put down social media. I'm
1: inspired right
2: now so, roll with so,
1: it. yeah, that's good. All right, so... Okay, so my theme song. So,
2: yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. i we gotta pick. Oh, gotta let's pick just the- say it'll be Sierra One Two Step. That's a really good one. On, okay. Missy Elliott may have been on that one. So we'll go with that. Do you,
1: do you have like a great playlist that you could share with us? I could. I would love you, that. Because yeah. I, I feel like it would bring back so many memories. Oh, okay. From- I'll send it. If
0: it's for like personal use, yes. Yes.
1: Oh, oh, you will yeah. share Only your playlist though? Is. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. There's
0: a decent one on Apple Music. It's okay. pretty good.
2: No, mine is like it's for summer barbecues. I think I labeled it like, yeah. my summer barbecue, but it's like I had to take out the R Kelly. There's a lot.
1: Oh yeah, That's happened.
2: yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Things, things happen, yeah. yeah. I always go back to 90s, so I could, like, maybe progress a little up to the...
2: Oh, yeah, you could take, like, the next little...
1: Yeah. step Forward. Yeah. Step. <laughs> it's
2: fun, because then you hear, like, a Mace song, and you're like, what happened to that guy? And then you're, like, oh, reading yeah. about Mace and becoming a pastor.
0: And, you know. I love Mace. Love it.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. All right. I got a last question here, and we really appreciate your time, and you have a big day today. Uh, yeah. Okay, the last question is One small thing or guilty pleasure That you look forward to When your partner is on the road
2: It used to be drinking wine Because he doesn't drink wine I don't drink anymore So When he leaves I really look forward to Sometimes I let the girls watch TV Before they go to bed at night Instead of reading them books But when he's home I never let that happen, ever. I, like, am judgmental, and I'm it is a weeknight, we do not do
0: this. You sound just like me here, yeah. And then he's gone, and
2: I'm like, oh, Simpsons, you guys want Simpsons? I, like, need to go shower, I haven't showered today, I'm really tired. Simpsons, yeah. Treehouse of Horror, like, Zeta's favorite, mm-hmm. he only watches the Treehouse of Horror episodes, like, yeah. one episode. And then they're like, can I have another? I'm like, Sure. Maybe I'll hit my nails now. Yeah, that's my guilty pleasure: is letting the kids watch TV at night when he's gone.
0: Scandalous! You guys,
2: I'm so crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you need that extra space. You need to buffer do. a little bit. I feel like, but yes. it's just one. Right, you, you do. Know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No judgment here. Yeah. You could sit next to them with like the laptop. No, but I actually do leave through. I literally, I'm like, I'm gonna whiten my teeth, or I use that as my self care time. I'm like, now I'm gonna put lotion on my legs. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> <Can> I truly <laughs> live.
1: I love it. Yeah, this was so fun. Um, lots we'll of thanks, Gordon, for introducing us. I know, our- and yeah. I
2: listened to Lexi's episode. I love. Oh yeah, she's so fun. She's
1: a firecracker. Sure is. is. I was hoping to see her this weekend, but i didn't at the when we were young.
2: Wait, is that the one? Was it in Vegas or what was that? Was
1: mm-hmm. it? Yeah. 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 It was, it was great. The first day I got canceled because of the wind, and that was wild, but it was uh, really fun otherwise. And I saw Tucker, but I didn't see Lexi.
2: Tucker is doing some show tonight. Um, but yeah, we were supposed to see Lexi. She didn't come out with Tucker when Thursday was playing some shows out here a couple weeks ago. Whatever. Cool story, bro.
0: Okay. Yeah. either. <laughs> we're,
1: sad. we're all just sad that we like to see sad. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, thank okay. you guys. Yeah. This was actually thank so you. nice. I got out of my own head before going to do
0: stuff I don't want to do. It's a nice it's detour. Fun.
1: Yeah, the pictures will look great.
0: Okay. Well thank <laughs> you. You got this. <laughs> have a great time. Hopefully our paths will cross. We'll be able to like hang out and have a coffee. And now yeah. we're like oh, all adults,
2: nice. so oh. you know I want to
0: be yeah. a sixteen year old who's yeah. like I don't these people. Yeah. Oh, we're kind of adults. We're doing our best. <laughs> we're trying.
2: <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank you so Bye. much. Thanks for your time. Bye. Bye.